Good. Good. They don't know you and I are in this universe yet. So hopefully I'll have some time to explain. I'm not your husband, and he's not the one you know. I'm another version of him from another life path, another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen. It's a show where we talk about movies and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 253 and our movie this week is 2022's Everything Everywhere All at Once. And here to talk with me about it because he had not seen it. In fact, he told me that he was waiting to come on the show (laughs) to watch it. It is Cyrenix. How you doing? Doing good and uh, glad to finally be back on the show and not be talking about John Wick. That being said, (laughs) John Wick is now streaming on Netflix and I have been rewatching it. Of Uh, course. So, but it is, it is nice to have you on here to talk about something a little different, just, just a little bit different from John Wick. (laughs) Just a little bit different. Um, So, okay. What is, what did you know about this prior to watching it for the show? Uh, well, I knew it was a, a a multiversal movie. You know, that was mm-hmm. a big thing because this was like right about the same time or like right about the same time they were talking about multiverses and Marvel and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So this isn't Marvel related, but it's still kind of of the multiverse kind of theme. Yeah. And uh, all I knew at first was it just looked weird. Like there's just random stuff happening. There's like Michelle Yeoh with a, a googly eye on her forehead. It's like, what is going on? I, and the only reason why I hadn't watched watched it before this, and before we were starting to talk about it on the show, uh, doing it for the show, was because it wasn't streaming anywhere. Right. It's yeah. like it wasn't until like earlier this month that I finally found it on Amazon Prime for streaming. Hmm. So it's like, oh. It's actually available. Now is the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, so I I saw the trailer for this and immediately was like, I don't care what it's about. It looks bonkers and I'm in <laughs> because I saw it yeah. just looked weird. I saw Michelle Yeoh and um, yeah. Kihei Kwan and I was like, I'm I'm sold yes. like I look because I love Michelle Yeoh. Absolutely. Like just everything she's in. Um, she was one of the highlights for me in, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon back in the day. Um, I'd watched some of her earlier Hong Kong stuff that she had done and she's just, she's fascinating to me. So I was like, I'm in. And then Kihei Kwan, it took me a second because when I saw him in the trailer, so we're going to talk about him a little bit, but I hadn't seen him in anything in a while. And so I, I kind of did a double take and then I looked it up and I'm like, it's short round. All right, cool. Now I'm, I'm more in. (laughs) And so I took a flyer on this. Um, I have AMC stubs, like the A-list. So I pay the $20 a month or whatever it is. And yeah. uh, I can go to movies, just just get tickets, like three a week. Um, and the nice thing about that is it allows me to take a flyer on a movie that I might not be 100% on and just go see it in the yeah. theater. But this one, I was like, no, I want to go see this. It's playing in the theater. Cool. It was the first movie I saw when theaters opened back up was this. Yeah. <laughs> And I was blown away by it. Like I just, yeah. I got done. It was, I had no idea it was going to be two hour and 20 minutes long, but I didn't yeah. care. Um, 
I got done with it and I walked out of that thinking that was amazing. And it was one of the best movies I saw in 2022, um, hands down. So yeah, yeah. when, uh, when you mentioned it to do on the show, I jumped at the chance because I just want to talk about it again. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's such a weird, I mean, crazy idea. Yeah. And that's actually one of the reasons why I suggested it is because I knew that I knew that it was like when it came out, I know you know, you're in Frog Pants Network and everything like that. And, you know, I heard through mm-hmm. that that you really love this movie. And when I looked through your back catalog of your shows, it's like, wait, he has not talked about that. Oh, that's the one we're doing now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I've been I watched I started watching it and then I remembered all this. It's like, wait a minute, I should hold on to this for the show. So <laughs> glad to finally talk about it. Yeah. And it did. Uh, it swept some awards, too. Now, it oh, is yeah. Oscar season, so it actually wasn't planned for us to do an Oscar pick like this um, necessarily, but uh, it's timely that we are uh, because we are in Oscar season. Now, the Oscars, the Academy Awards, you can take them or leave them. Uh, some people don't put any stock into yeah. it at all. Um, some people, it's the only thing they think about when they think of a movie. I do feel that awards like this are important or at least meaningful in so much as it's it's Hollywood itself looking at itself. Now, there are always snubs. There are always things that miss the mark. We could talk about that all we want. Yeah. That's fine. But for a movie to get made and then for someone like the Academy or the Golden Globes or whatever award ceremony it is to then notice that is a big thing. And this particular yeah. movie also went a long way because it is a uh it is headlined by asian actors which is not i mean prior to maybe parasite a movie like this wouldn't have gotten oscar consideration i don't feel like yeah and it's unfortunate because i mean it deserves it but it it was deserving of everything and look this one (laughs) this won a whole bunch of awards um so Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Scheinert won Best Achievement in Directing. And if you haven't heard of those two, they got their start in music videos. Um, (laughs) One of their first music videos was uh, the Turn Down for What music video. With uh, John. Like they did that. And Daniel Kwan is actually in the video. Um, But they went on to do their first film was Swiss Army Man, which... I will admit I have not seen yet, but I have heard a lot of good things about, and it's one that I want to because it's another one of those movies that, again, it's got Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano in it. Daniel Radcliffe plays a uh, farting corpse, effectively. Um, <laughs> and that's about all I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it just, it's so interesting to think about, and I, I want to see it. So, um you know, they've also uh, co-directed uh, Aquafina as Nora from Queens. I did an episode of that, um, an episode of the show Legion. Uh, but Swiss Army Men was their first uh, their first film, and then they followed up with this. So second film, yeah. they're already winning Academy Awards and just, like, setting the world on fire. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and they, they go, like, yeah. they just go out there for weird, like, weird stuff. I mean, this movie... Is yeah. it, it is a multiverse movie. Um, 
but it's also like this very small self-contained story about a family at the same time yeah. and dealing with yeah. uh, all sorts of stuff. So it's just like this movie did so much in two hours and 20 minutes that you almost have to watch it yeah. more than once to really start to take stuff in. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, I, there's, there's so many different highs and lows in this movie too, that I'm just <laughs> impressed by the, the, the spectrum that they go like through like probably about 75% of the movie, the most appropriate response for any given thing on the screen is wait, what? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and this, um, like the ending of it particularly was surprising to me, but we'll we'll get to, around back to that. But yeah, yeah it's yeah, just definitely. I was surprised by the the spectrum that that's this movie went. And it's it's an A twenty four film, uh, and A twenty four for me has been one that they they will do the weird stuff. They will do the more uh, the less. They're not a, a studio in the sense of like they're doing studio films. They're doing. Uh, more risky type of movies, um, which also means yeah. it's going to have a smaller budget. Believe it or not, this movie was made for, I've heard, according to IMDb, it's estimated around $14.3 million for the budget for this movie. Uh, I've heard as much as maybe 25, but that's it. And this wow. does not look like a movie made for under $25 million at all. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm reading some of the trivia here as well. The, all the VFX for this film was done by nine people, including the two directors. Yeah, and it it is yeah. a effects heavy in that there's a lot of stylized looks to things, but yeah. they didn't have to do like uh, motion capture. They didn't do you know that that kind. Of, they didn't do like Marvel type or big budget yeah. type uh vid visual effects but the thing was they did so much um with so little in ways that were really smart like for instance um the shots where uh evelyn would be like getting knocked back and going through all the different worlds that was yeah. i i saw how they did that and it was really cool they they shot footage like walking through cities and walking through areas and then they would project that on LED walls with a green screen behind her and have her like doing the motion in front of the green screen, but with the LED wall. So the light matched and then yeah. pump in the video footage on the green screen. So yeah. like it's, it's such a smart way to do it to, so that your lighting matches yeah. and you have that for all of it. Like it's just brilliant and it worked. Yeah. That stuff like details like that, I find very impressive. That's like because by integrating the, like you said, with the LEDs matching the lights to the green screen, that is one thing that a lot of people don't think about is just maintaining that that same lighting. And it's like in addition to the shots like that, also just the staging of their shots, I yep. thought was very well crafted. Like there's the the one scene, like their use of mirrors in a couple of scenes yeah. I thought was really good. Like there's the one scene earlier on where Evelyn is at the, the table with all the, the receipts and stuff. And uh, off to her left to the right side of the screen, there's a small mirror. You hear yep. her husband talking to her and you can see his face in the mirror from the shot. Mm -hmm. So I like little details like that. Yeah. And also factoring in the fact that whenever they do a shot where 
it make where they're trying to make it look like the person is looking into the mirror. They're not actually looking into the mirror. They're looking into the camera. Yeah. So they can't actually see themselves in the mirror. So just like little details like that, I think was, was really cool. The staging of the shots like that. Well, there's so many of those. The the effect that I was talking about with the LED walls, it's kind of like a, a low budget DIY version of the the volume that they use to film like um yeah. Mandalorian, right? Like that's the idea behind yeah. the idea behind the volume is that you have a sound stage, but the the way the projection is and the parallax they can do on all the walls means it can look like an outdoor set and it helps to match all your lighting. They did yeah. They took that, scaled it way down, and used that. And then they would do simple things like just putting a, a light on a on a ring and rotating it. Yeah. To get the different shadows, looks, and even uh sometimes going through, you know, different color gradients on that light yep. as it was moving around. Just gave it a really cool look without having to be super expensive to do. Um yeah. And then, you know, uh, the choreography was great. There was just a ton of Jackie Chan, Hong Kong cinema influence yeah. in this, uh, which I yeah, love. It was very, it seemed those. very, yeah, very Jackie Chan choreography style to a lot of the fights and scenes like that. And I thought that I immediately picked up on that as soon as I did like any of the, the first fight scenes. And it's like, oh, this, because I also read some trivia that the the part of Evelyn was originally scripted for Jackie Chan. Um, I could see that. And then, yeah. And then they, they ended up kind of subverting that expectation by having the wife be the main character, the strong lead uh, in mm-hmm. Evelyn and having Waymond be the, uh, the, the kind of background character, the sport character. Um, I'm not, I'm, I think, I definitely think that was the right choice going with, with Michelle Yeoh instead of Jackie Chan though. I think it would have been a much much different movie if it was reversed. I think I I agree with you. It was the right choice. Um, And I think because the story ends up being about Evelyn, Joy and Waymond. Those are your three main characters. That's the three, the, the, the family at the base of the story. Um, So you have Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn, uh, Stephanie Shu. I think it's pronounced Shu. It's HSU. Um, So, yeah, I, I may mispronounce that. I apologize. She plays their uh, her daughter Joy, and then Kihei Kwan plays Waymond. Um, and those three are the core of the story. And I think you're right in having Michelle Yeoh be Evelyn. There's so much emotional weight that she brings, and the mother daughter relationship I think is really important because we see yeah. we've seen a lot of stories with father son, and yeah. in action movies we see a lot of father-daughter relationships usually as you know daughter is kidnapped or daughter is in trouble father saves um yeah it's the typical one in and sort of an action type movie but this one was great because it's not a it's not a bad relationship but it's not a good relationship either yeah um and there's just this emotional weight that that Michelle Yeoh brings and especially having yeah. then her daughter be have been born here um and so she's much more assimilated to sort of the um American culture which adds an extra layer of you know stuff between the two of them right and you still got Evelyn is yeah. is from China and she still has a little bit of that but she's open-minded and she doesn't judge and she's a lot better 
but like there's that friction there. Um, and then Waymond, yeah. Waymond is just like the nicest guy. <laughs> yeah. Which plays an important role throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of culminates again to the, the ending, but yeah, it's, it's, I think the, just it does subvert a lot of of i think at least a couple tropes right off the bat with you know oh like it starts off you know pretty quickly you find out that waymond is trying to it's trying to file for divorce which is not a common thing in movies as far as i know Uh, a lot of times it's the wife trying to device from the from the husband this time it's the other way around and oh, usually, usually yeah. something like filing for divorce is like the plot point of the movie too, where yeah. this is important, but it's kind of secondary to everything else that's going on. And it's, yeah, which it's, I, it's I, I like the driving I, I, force in, the, in it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So that was already a good way to go about it. Um, yeah. Waymond is for me, it's interesting because you have these three characters, right? And we learn joy. All right. First of all, if you've made it in this far, you should know we're going to spoil the hell out of the movie. So strap in, get ready. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, go find it. It is streaming on Amazon prime right now. Um, at least for the next few days, I know. Um, so there's that, but, um, you have these characters and what we learn is that, uh, there's a multiverse that, uh, and I liked the way, so, okay. Multiverse movies are very divisive right now. Um, I have found Uh, like some people are just tired of the, uh, some people don't like them, think that that's a bad storytelling uh, sort of device, which I understand. Part of that is that people don't like the way Marvel and DC use multiverses because the way it's been used in comics a lot. And it's sort of just this get out of jail free card, right? Like nobody, no characters, there's no stakes because you can just find the same character in another universe and bring them back or whatever. Um, I do think multiverse stories can work. um, And this is a a really kind of interesting way to do it because the multiverse is there, but the fact that it exists isn't really what we're going after. And it's not really like it's important, but you could tell this same story without that. And it could still be done like the same core story, but adding that in just gives them license to have a lot of fun with the story that they're telling. Yeah. I I think, I think like just by going through this, I, I think they, the directors started off with the weird. It's like, Mm -hmm. what kind of weird stuff can we put into a movie? And then they work their way back to explain the weird. And I actually kind of like how they explain it. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. because of like, so pretty quickly you like in the the beginning of the movie, they introduce the multiverse, you know, that there's a different way a wayman that's uh, part of the alpha verse, which is the first universe to, you know, do all this multiverse jumping and stuff like that. And they, they, they introduce the concept of, the jump pads yeah which i think is a hilarious and awesome way of doing it where basically you just have to do something that's completely out of the normal that'll link mm-hmm. you to another just for the sake of ease a variant of yourself uh, and you can gain their skills so yeah. it's like it starts off very simple with just like okay put your shoes on the wrong feet mm-hmm. 
something out of the ordinary, but sure. And there's plenty of examples of that throughout the movie, and they're all just like, again, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> that is that is probably the most common sentence I said while watching this movie is just wait, what? Uh, but yeah, I I think I like the explanations that they end up coming up with, but I I think the directors started with the weird first and then oh. worked their way back. <laughs> I have no doubt. And what's great is they do just the right amount of explaining without having to get into too, ba- too many long exposition dumps. Yeah. And they leave enough sort of uh, questionable. Like Alpha Universe is the first one to make contact with another universe. How'd they do that? We don't know. We don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. It's um, not important. How'd they figure any just of this out? Doesn't matter. Like, uh, but, but I love that there's all the variations and the more outlandish the thing you do, the further away from you, you can get, um, is one is also an interesting thing. And then, but also the universe jumping is like a way for them to communicate. It's a way for them to gain skills, but you also get the uh, memories and the emotions and the feelings of these different versions. And so I liked the clay pot analogy of, you know, every time you jump, you create a crack. And if you do it too much, your clay pot will just fall apart and you'll lose, like you'll, you'll die. Your your psyche will go because you do too much. And that was how they made the, the, the antagonist, Jobu Tabaki got created. Jobu yeah. Tupaki because yeah. she was pushed too far and yeah. figured out a way like by pushing that person too far, they then became able to just universe hop at will. They yeah. sort of reached some enlightenment. But what, what I really thought was interesting is you have, you have mother, father and daughter and there's a character that is enlightened of the three of them. And when you're watching it, the first thing you think is that it's it's joy because we find out that joy is Jobu Tapaki uh, and she is the one yeah, that can just that pretty early on. Yeah. And she can just yeah. go universe to universe. And she's figured out that all the universes are just rearranging of the same matter. And so she has the ability to just do whatever she wants in any of them, which makes for a really fun yeah. character because number one, she always looks different in like every shot you see of her. She's dressed differently. Like her costume <laughs> yeah. kept changing her makeup, uh, all that kind of stuff. But also like she just does whatever because she can. But yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> well, then the story goes along and you realize that, that Waymond is also an incredibly enlightened character in his own way. Because he has figured out and there's this whole section where he talks about kindness and gentleness that he has and why he does it and how it's his form of fighting, uh, which just, yep. like that was such a profound moment. So I kind of jumped a little bit ahead there, yeah. but it was in my head and I had to get it out. Yeah, that well, I'm going to wait because that's, that's one of the big points I want to make is the ending. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll work our way to that. But, we'll circle back to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love, like, it starts off, we've just got Evelyn and, and Waymond own a, a laundromat. And yeah. they're getting audited 
her dad is in town. Her dad played by James Hong, by the way, which yep. <laughs> I I giggled so much when I saw him the first time in the movie theater because I just love him. He's great all the time. Um, plus, his introduction is fantastic, where he's just yeah, standing just, there. Yeah, in his, <laughs> just, in his pajamas and, and uh, boxers, just like, where's my breakfast? <laughs> hair, hair's all out to the sides, oh, and he's yeah. just, like, confused. Oh, yeah. great. Um, so they're getting audited by Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, who plays Deidre. Um, yeah. Deirdre. Uh, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in this too. Oh, she's just, one of the things you can tell is everybody is having so much fun making this movie. Yeah. yeah. And there and, was, and it's like really, really up until like I watching it this time, the first, like probably half hour or so of the movie is like mm -hmm. right up until like just after the meeting with Deidre is a little bit cringy. It's a, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to watch just because of like how awkward the exchanges are and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Oh, uh, but it's just like that. I think that's on purpose. Just, you know, whatever. well, cause we're seeing, but yeah, uh, we're, we're seeing as the movie puts it the worst version of Evelyn, right? She's yes. She's not really good at anything and she's just sort of going through life now and she's not happy. Yeah. And because of that, like Wayman isn't really happy. Their marriage isn't great, but they've been yeah. together. And now he's asking for the divorce. They don't have a good relationship. She doesn't have a good relationship with her daughter or her daughter's girlfriend. She's yeah. just reconnected apparently with her dad. Cause we find out that she left home and her dad kind of disowned her. So yeah, we don't dive too much into that, but like all this is going on and yeah, it does make very cringy. Yeah. Because and it's just, it's just so awkward interplay between all of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis did a, a fantastic job with her role and you can tell that because her, the character was just like, uh, like government to, to detriment. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like mm -hmm. she was like the IRS agent. Like yes. imagine that person. She played that character very well. And also because this is where we're introduced to it. Uh, <laughs> yep. This is the statement that I've been waiting two weeks to say uh, on her desk. We like immediately when you watch this, this is the first thing I thought of. Uh, you have the first instance of check Chekhov's butt plug uh, mm -hmm. in this movie. Uh that will become relevant later on, but this is where it's introduced. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, while she is yeah. explaining her job <laughs> to to Evelyn and Waymond, she points out her Auditor of the Year awards. And she has three of them on yes. her desk, and they make it a point to show yes. those. And that becomes a point. That becomes very evident why they are shaped the way that they are later. Um, Yes, I, we'll get to I, that too, as well. Oh, but yeah, it's like, so this is at the point where as they're going up the elevator is when uh, Waymond uh, from the Alpha universe jumps in yeah. to uh, jumps in and gives Evelyn the first information. And so, yeah, that's where she has to do the whole, you know, put your shoes on the opposite feet, picture yourself in the janitor's closet. And he pulls her into a, a separate universe to explain everything to her or to try to, to, to give her, to give her some info. Yeah. Um, so she's, which I love, also that I effect love that was really cool. 
the yeah, the, the effect that they did with effect. the the yes that mm-hmm. I, what comes up a couple times in there and it's very well it gives you just just by that visual you can tell things are breaking that mm-hmm. things are not the way they should oh, be just a very I visual loved. language i thought that was really cool yeah we're going to talk about the visual uh visual language of this movie in a little bit um but oh. um but yeah, so they they're having their their meeting there, and then they're getting ready to leave, and so Evelyn's getting all sorts of confused, which I loved. I loved how she is, is so confused, yeah. but she she's also relatable. Like at one point, Alpha Waymond uh, tells her, "This is after." So he's told her, you know, the basics of this, and um, and like you're not ready to fight yet, but you'll know when the time is right. And then she goes back to her audit. They go to leave and they left their little cart there. So at, at this point, Evelyn has seen in the other universe, Deidre, who is just this like mindless, like knuckle dragging, uh, mouth breathing, whatever, you know, kind of heavy. Yeah. And brute. yeah, brute. And uh, then we see that type of action as Deidre is bringing the cart over to her. So when she comes around the corner, <laughs> She just punches her right in the face, just square in the face. Yep. <laughs> and and then she's like, well, you said, you, you said I would know when to fight. And he's like, I meant about us. And he holds up the divorce papers. And that's when that's, she finally notices the divorce papers. So now security gets yeah. called and this is our first action scene. And it is brilliant because we yeah, get our first instance of, Jan. oh yeah. Yeah. He beats the crap out of uh, four security guards with a fanny pack. Vanny pack. Yep. <laughs> After eating some, uh, some chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> that was his way to, to verse jump to get, yeah. uh, to get the skills for that. But, uh, it was, yeah, a, some, it was a wonderful some of those are just scene. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I had forgotten when I was watching it again, that most of the movie takes place inside that IRS building. And yeah. you, you think about it being a a uh, you know a multiverse type of movie, but they really kept it contained to like the apartment in the laundromat, the IRS building, and then the white room where Jobu has her thing that she is showing people. That we learn when Evelyn yeah. meets Jobu, uh, and she takes her to the thing. She made a she took a bagel and put everything on it. <laughs> Yes, literally the quote-unquote everything bagel. bagel. Yeah. Yes. Which, again, uh, was just another one of the was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's that, like there, that, there's so many things, so many things it yeah. could have been, and it's the literal everything bagel that is yeah. potentially going to ruin the multiverse. <laughs> Which is 100% they came up with that idea and then fleshed it out from there. They're like, ooh, oh, yeah. it'll be an everything bagel. <laughs> That's brilliant. How do we make that work? And yeah. then they build a story around that. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they try to leave, and uh, they're stuck in the building. Um, we get a we get various action sequences. The first part of this movie is the part one everything, which is about what yeah. maybe an hour and twenty minutes. Like a yeah, something like that. Which uh, that's so, another thing I was surprised about because I had I had known I oh when. Brian Ibbett saw this. He mentioned that there are three different parts. There's everything, everywhere, and then all of once. And uh, I was surprised by the the lack of parity with the different sections, because like we just said, 
you know, everything is the first part and it's an hour and 20 minutes of yep. a two and an hour and 20 minute movie. So it's already over half and we have three parts. So, yeah, but, um, yeah. but yeah, everything, the, that, that first part of the movie lays out so much and it has so many iconic moments in it. Oh, yeah. Um, because the second action sequence as, or no, I guess it would be technically the, the third. So um, they, so they, they go to leave, uh, Wayman has his fight and then, um, everything goes crazy. They hide for a little bit. We get some more exposition when they're leaving. There is when they get grabbed by the cops who have shown up because they've caused all this problem. So the police have them, yeah, and that's when Jobu shows up uh, there because Jobu Tabaki yeah. Taba, Tapaki has Tapaki. Uh, entered, yeah, yeah, has entered our, uh, you know, the the this universe, um, and shows up. We get a, a hilarious scene in that hallway because <laughs> number one, I love how she's so pedantic about the language. When she shows up, like, you can't be in here. Yeah. Oh, is it that I can't? <laughs> or is it that you're not allowing me? And the second time he says, yeah. you know, I can't let you do that. It's like, again with the can't. I don't think you, that word means yeah. what you think. it. Like, I, I love that. Um, <laughs> this cracked me up. And then there's the whole scene in that office. Which, by the way, the guy, um, when, when Evelyn verse jumps to being the maid and when she opens up the secret room and the guy comes out with his dominatrix, that's one of the directors. Yeah. That's Daniel Scheinert. Oh, is it? <laughs> one of the two directors is playing that character. Um, and that, that made me nice. laugh a lot. Um, <laughs> but we have, we have fight scenes, uh, all galore. And then at one point is when, um, we get the payoff of seeing that award because, <laughs> Yeah, which we see culminates and, into and, like one of the most awkward kung fu fights I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it really, it is something because uh, they went full bore for it. Um, oh yeah, but it's an amazing stunt sequence and the fighting with uh, again Michelle Yeoh and then Brian Lee is Alpha Jumper. He's the one that has the trophy. In fact, his his we'll um, leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, but his, leave the uh, location his, of the trophy up for interpretation. <laughs> his credit, though, is Alpha Jumper Trophy. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, Andy Lee plays Alpha Jumper Bigger Trophy. Um, so you can <laughs> you can figure that one out however you want. But uh, yeah, basically yeah. we get uh, they're they're part of the Alpha universe. And they're trying now to stop Evelyn because Evelyn decides that she is going to try to be like Jobu to understand her, to stop her. Yeah. She's going to, yeah, she's going to try to, and I think just prior to that, like the kind of the, why they start going after her is because she just starts doing random things. Like mm -hmm. she starts dancing at one part, you know, there's, oh, yeah. we also, we forgot to mention that like for them to multiverse jump, there's this little earpiece. looks like mm -hmm. a Bluetooth headset type thing that they have to press. So she's just like doing random stuff, like dancing in the, the office, presses it, fractures a little bit. You know, she at one point, I think she swallows a, a frog statue, like a small yeah. frog statue. Uh, and like she rubs uh, 
hand sanitizer in her eyes, uh-huh. uh, just doing all this kind of random stuff to like purposely fracture her mind into the multiverse. Oh, because because to... Jobu, yeah, the Alpha Universe considers Jobu the biggest threat because Jobu is an agent of chaos, as they put it, right? And and Jobu is yeah. going to all these different universes. Um, she's going to all these different universes, going after Evelyn's in the different universes, trying to find yeah, uh, all of them basically. And so this Evelyn, who is the most uh, the the least remarkable <laughs> Evelyn. Um, yeah, but like literally has... she is the hero because she is the worst version of herself in the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, even in that respect, the way Waymond explains it is actually kind of cool. How it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, you're the worst version, but you're surrounded by better versions of yourself that you can tap into mm-hmm. because every time she makes a choice to do, the, ends up doing the worst option. There's a divergent one where she took the, the better option. And uh, speaking of which, one of them that keeps that con- kind of comes up throughout the movie is uh, she gets a lot of her Kung Fu ability from a diversion of herself where she doesn't marry Waymond. And right. she becomes a famous martial artist, actress, you know, becomes wealthy and all that jazz. And uh, in the same way, Waymond actually ends up in a more affluent spot as well in that universe. Yep. So it's something that again kind of comes comes together at the end where they start to establish this this pattern that maybe if they hadn't gotten married they actually would have been quote-unquote better off right oh but we come back to a very poignant quote later on that Mm -hmm. kind of ties that up but yeah um which we will get to but basically evelyn figures out okay if jobu Topaki is this chaos agent. I need to understand her and starts doing the crazy thing. So now the alpha universe yeah. is after, after Evelyn and Evelyn is trying to save Jobu because it's joy and joy showed her Jobu showed her the everything bagel. And it's this very not like yeah. Jobu Topaki is very nihilistic, right? She just has, she's seen yeah. everything. She's seen the whole of the multiverse and realized that none of it matters. And she basically wants to effectively destroy it all. Um, yeah. And yeah, because if nothing Alpha, matters, then what's the point of having it? Yeah. And so Alpha Universe yeah. <laughs> wants to stop that. And Evelyn just sees her daughter and wants to help her daughter. So yeah. she tries to figure her out. And that's where we get um, everything kind of culminates. And then uh, she does reach out to her. She does make connection. And it doesn't quite go the way that she was hoping it would like joy just doesn't doesn't quite get there um and it's partly because evelyn isn't quite ready for it either but she's seen these other versions of herself and this whole idea of the better versions of her right and the and the different worlds and all that but she does finally come to realize that it's much more important about the small things in the family and so uh, as we come to the end is when, you know, things start to go in that direction and they sort of figure out like, oh, uh, you know, this is more important. And that's where we start seeing. And I loved how they used the universe of where uh, Evelyn and Waymond did not get together. And she becomes very successful as the one for Waymond to give his speech and to give his whole thing about yeah. 
the kindness and all that because that's the perfect version of him. Like this is this is yeah. the most successful Waymond we've had. Everywhere else, he's kind of you know he's he's poor and he hasn't done much, but he's just he's a nice yeah. guy. Uh, and here's a version of him that did yeah. make it, got lucky, but he's still this nice guy. And there's a reason yeah. for that. And it's at this point that I was just surprised at the turn because you have, like I said at the beginning, like 75% of the movie is just weird. It's just like, mm -hmm. okay, this, you know, I can go with this, you know, but it's, it's just like, wait, what? And then you get to the last part of it. And I was surprised by how genuinely heartfelt mm -hmm. the last couple segments yes. of this movie were. Uh, like there was like there was a couple lines from Waymond where I was literally tearing up. Oh just, yeah, just thinking about them. Like one of them, like oh, so Evelyn just had her Dark Knight of the Soul went a little bit crazy in some of the universes, and uh, has actually stabbed one of the Wayman Waymans. I keep on I keep on wanting to call him Wayland, Waymond, <laughs> uh, and, and like stabbed him with a piece of glass, and. Mm -hmm moments later he's turned around between evelyn and the people trying to kill her trying to protect her saying you know stop all this fighting we don't and yeah he says one of the most poignant lines there's two lines specifically from him that i think were particularly impactful one of them needs to be applied to everyone just be kind especially when mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on yeah. you imagine like how much impact that line would be if everyone just took it to heart just just be kind especially and, when you don't know what's going on yeah and that is a thing that i have really tried to do like obviously sometimes it's tougher than others but kindness is yeah. such a thing that you do for someone else yeah you know when you're nice to somebody being nice tends to be a more self-serving thing yeah whereas kindness you just do for someone else and so I that really resonated with me when I saw this movie of this yeah. this idea that Wayman is like just be kind, it's, and and you're yeah. right, especially when you don't know what's going on. Be kind, and that worked. Um, so yeah, that yeah, one and that, really and then that you, one hit me. Yeah, and at that point, you, that's when Evelyn really starts to see Wayman for who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, for the longest time, she's seeing him as just kind of a a bystander, kind of weak. You know, he even explains in the the affluent uh, version of himself that it's like a lot of people see me as naive, but this is strategic and necessary. Yeah. Uh, him being kind. And she like Evelyn really starts to see that in him, starts playing back these memories of how just joyful he is throughout all of the hardships of their life. Uh, when the in the versions that where they're married and that kind of culminates into another line that just kind of hit me being married having kids not always having you know great uh great circumstances uh but he says i would in another life i really would have i i would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you that right. is like and the definition of marriage <laughs> Yeah, and, and the thing about that is, and why it's so impactful in the movie, is it is our Evelyn, I'll call, um, hearing yeah. that from the
the Waymond that she did not marry, that she did not yeah. go with. Like, it's not her Wayman saying that. And, yeah. and for him to say that to her, here he is, successful, looks great. You know, he's, he's done so well for himself. And he says that to her, and that impacts her a lot. Because when I'm watching this movie for the very first time, and when I go back and watch it, it's slightly different. But like, as you're watching it, and then there's the whole reveal of the nihilistic part of things and the whole nothing matters. And there's an absolutely amazing scene where there is no dialogue spoken. It's all yeah. written on the screen because Evelyn and, and Joy not even are like any sound period in that scene. Yeah. It's just Evelyn and Joy as rocks in a universe where life didn't evolve, <laughs> but they, they verse jumped into that. Where Evelyn starts to understand the nihilism a little bit. And she starts to get that none of it really matters. Yeah. And she's starting to come around to Jobu's side. And I think that there are so many ways this movie could have gone. Um, and one of them could have been kind of embracing that. And it could have been a very nihilistic movie. But it is instead a very hopeful movie. Because Waymond then is able to bring her back to realize that no all of it is dumb none of it really matters but it also all matters incredibly and it's those small little things yeah. between them that matter like it's this idea that that yes evelyn didn't become all of the things she thought she could be or uh you know joy isn't what evelyn wanted her to be right it's because there's there's kind of that that can happen with your kids sometimes you can sort of project and put these expectations on the kids of like, instead of the kid becoming who they are, the you you can fall into the trap of trying to make the kid who you think they should be. And yeah, and Evelyn was able to to kind of come around to realize that that is not the way to do things. That that things just are going to happen. And joy, like regardless, joy is there. Joy is her daughter. This life that she's made is actually pretty good. She doesn't have it so bad when, when you really sit and look at it. And it's just the yeah. idea of like enjoying what you have, living in the moment, being present in what is going on. This Evelyn had spent so much yeah. of her life from the moment she decided to leave home with Waymond. She had spent her entire life no longer living in the moment. Instead, yeah. wondering about what could have been or what should be. And she's figured that out like because we see all the different versions of her we see the version of her without yeah. women we see the version of her with deidre um in the <laughs> universe where everybody evolved hot dogs instead of fingers yeah which again is just the the weird <laughs> gotta remember the weird uh yep. yeah every time you think the movies hit like the weird peak then they go no, it gets they're, further they're just like hold my beer and they go one step further <laughs> yeah, because now finger, like yeah. Hot dog fingers cracked me up because they can't use their hands. So then yeah. they, they got really good with their feet, which was a funny joke. But then also it had that moment where she's playing the piano with her feet, yeah. uh, which was a cool effect. I did see they had like prosthetic feet and it was somebody's hands inside them playing the piano. <laughs> and they just had like a puppeteer kind of above moving the feet around as they're playing the piano. Like <laughs> it was nice. such a weird looking shot, but I just oh, yeah. I love that. But I, lo I love also, a movie that will embrace the weird. So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And 
I just wanted to, it just reminded me like, like that plays a role because like, because they have to use their feet so often, she's able to use that, that variant of Evelyn to like push people away without having to use her hands. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of surprising. Like some of the, like the variants that she pulls from for certain skills, yeah. like the backtracking a little bit when they're in the, one of the fights where uh, they're getting tear gas thrown at them. Oh, yeah. uh, she multiverse jumps into a variant of herself who is a singer. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, it's like, okay, why a singer? And it's like, specifically, she was like blinded as a kid and thus, you know, learned how to sing because of it, because life. Uh, and it's like, why is that beneficial? It's like, well, she has great lung capacity because yeah. she's a singer. And it's like, that plays a role. And it's like, then she multiverse jumps during the fight into a sign spinner. And it's like, okay, how can that help? She grabs a, a riot shield, spins it around. Like there's actually, they even have a legitimate Captain America throw. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, that was that was great. Uh, so it's it is kind of cool how they can pull from different variants, like what the what skills they pull. So, mm -hmm. Yep, I was I was a big fan of of all of that stuff, um, and it just made for you know it made for fascinating action sequences but it also made for just yeah a lot of huh or wait what moments of okay that's a different way to do it like at one point we when we when evelyn first jumps and gets the martial arts abilities we see a quick shot of her doing push-ups with her pinkies out and then it's the whole idea yeah. <laughs> of kung fu can exist even inside the cookie but then they call that back later because she jumps into just a slightly different universe and we see that and then it's kung fu can exist within this pinky and then she flexes and has yeah. like just a huge pinky muscle and now she's got super strong pinkies like yeah. again it's such a silly huh yeah, I, type I love of the yeah i love the uh the was it the smash brothers home run bat sound effect on one of the mm -hmm. guys a couple times where it's just like that just high-pitched noise when she uppercuts someone with her pinky uh yes <laughs> again embracing the weird Absolutely. Um, <laughs> did you have a favorite of the like weird moments? Was there was there a favorite one for you? Because there were so As, many of them that just made me laugh. There, like one of the one of the gags that I really liked that they did at least two times was her mispronouncing uh, Jobu's name. Yes. So it's like th there's at least two of them. There's also Juju Tabuti. Yep. And uh, Juju Chu Juju Chewbacca. Uh, yep. uh, I may have captured a finally couple of the those, third time. Sure. Okay, good. I, I, <laughs> you are a professional for have capturing those. Uh, I would have expected nothing less. Uh, <laughs> but it's like in regards to the weird. Oh, it's difficult to. It's difficult to top the uh, the 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 kung fu fight with the the trophy one and trophy two uh i mean it's difficult to yes. top that i can't yeah. it's it's that's very <laughs> memorable right there's there's memorable yeah. shots in that one uh specifically but yeah which i kind of to forget at times <laughs> but you won't you never will um no, they're they're stuck there now <laughs> I think for me, a couple of the things that stood out the most, that obviously the Kung Fu pinky, just because it was just this ridiculous, like yeah. zoom in, dolly in close up shot, and then just a pinky flexing. 
and it has like a huge what looks like a bicep in it um <laughs> which just killed me uh and oh, there was another one and i just lost what it was but it it, it was hilarious oh rakakuni rakakuni yes was great because <laughs> here again is great writing right because you set up a joke and she's already mispronouncing a whole bunch of stuff right She's yeah. calling, you know, jo Juju Tabuti and all this kind of stuff. So when she's trying to remember Ratatouille and explain to her Wayman and Joy that they're puppets and they're being controlled. And she's like, you know, like the movie with the chef and he's Rakakuni. And that's a great joke in itself. Right. Yeah. Because everyone knows like that movie was big enough. You're going to know what that is. It's it gets uh, it's the whole, you know, somebody can't remember the name of a movie, but also mis misremembering a name completely. And yeah. then they pay it off later by her jumping into a universe where she's a hibachi chef and like a Benihana. And the guy over there is doing a great job and you see him turn around and there's a little raccoon tail coming out of his cap. Yeah, not figuratively or a literal raccoon tail coming out of the back of his, like a ponytail. Yep. <laughs> and it and it becomes a thing where we get that whole universe where it is a raccoon and it's raccoon and I I absolutely lost like of all of the <laughs> the silly dumb things that go on in this movie that one was the one that was like that that took the joke and it just it just put the cherry on top of it like you <laughs> you made the raccoon joke you paid it off by giving us literally her jumping on top of him the, the guy at one point grabbing his hair like the raccoon and having him run down the street because they needed to get his yeah. raccoon back to him like it just yeah. oh, it was <laughs> so good yeah but like i yeah. and then, i just uh go ahead and then also like in addition to like the the stuff with waymond about the end of like not only does she start to see just see his kindness and his joyfulness throughout their life. But then like the final kind of action fight sequence, uh, you know, she, she says she's not going to fight anymore. Mm -hmm. She says she's going to fight like he does. Right. So she's not fighting. Like she has to go through this entire staircase full of people trying to kill her basically but she's doing it in such a way that it benefits them. She's like giving them joy through the power of the multiverse. Yes. And it's like she pulls two of them together and they're, they're married and they, you know, happily they're in their gown and, you know, tuxedo on the staircase all of a sudden. And then the next guy like turns a grenade into a perfume bottle that has the perfume that her, his wife used to wear. So it reminds him of his wife. Mm -hmm. You know, and all these other different ones that it's I like loved that. they get through all of them and all of them, all of them are not only alive, but they're actually happy. Mm -hmm. uh, so just fighting all of these people with literally with kindness. Uh, so, well, and it's great because she's using Jobu yeah. Topaki's abilities. She's she's gained basically those abilities, right? But instead of doing them yeah. for chaos and nihilism, she is doing the kind version of it. She's doing kind of the opposite. So, yeah, I loved yeah. that. I absolutely loved that. Yeah. I just remembered where I was actually going with that. Relating back to uh, Rakakuni. Uh, you know, there's a sequence where, you know, she's going through these different multiverses, trying to help out people in those, those multiverses as well. One of them is the Rakakuni guy. 
and he can't run fast enough. He ends up falling down. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is that's Jobu tries to reinsert some of the nihilism saying like, see, everything's just going to fail at some point. So yeah. why even try? And then like to, to counter that she picks him up, starts running back toward because the, the raccoons on a truck driving away, uh, picks him, picks up the guy runs, throws him onto the truck and uh, is able to reunite him with his raccoon. Oh, so yeah, just overall, I'm just, was so surprised uh, at how heartfelt the movie ended. Mm -hmm. uh, how you know, for, for mo so much of the movie is either weird or nihilistic. And then you just get like genuine heartfelt kindness and like, Oh, uh, reunification of a family. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, basically them saying it's like, Hey, yeah, this does suck, but you know what? I still love you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like basically what it comes down to and uh, it's just how much it parallels to, you know, marriage and family and stuff like that, that, yeah, sometimes it does suck. But, you know, sometimes what we consider to be the better life, quote unquote, isn't mm -hmm. the best life. No, no. And that's what takes the movie from being kind of a fun concept and an interesting idea into something that can sweep. A bunch of Oscars. I mean, here here's just yeah. a few of the awards this one at the at the Academy Awards last year. First of all, it got nominated for Best Costume Design. It did not win. Black Panther Wakanda Forever won. Um, but the costuming in this was great because you had just 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 interesting looks for everybody. Um, the the hair yeah. that Jamie Lee Curtis sporting is a choice. Um, and yeah. then everything <laughs> well, with that's putting it delicately, <laughs> but, but everything with Jobu Tapaki is amazing. Her, her, every look yeah. they put on Stephanie Chu is just phenomenal because they're just, yeah. one is more ridiculous than the next. And then by the end of it, she's just this mishmash conglomerate of all of them. Uh, yeah. I thought it was really great, but it also, uh, won for film editing and it totally deserves that because the editing of this yeah. was insane. I love match cuts. Match cuts are one of yeah. those things like I'm a sucker for a long take and I'm a sucker for a real good match cut. Edgar Wright does great match cuts in his movies. If you watch any of them, he's throwing those in there all the time. And this had so many of them in there uh, and they were so well placed. I mean, we start it. The movie opens on that shot of the mirror of the three of them singing karaoke. And it's that it's the moment we see that family at its happiest. They're all yeah. happy just there doing karaoke in their apartment. And then it match cuts to an empty mirror. And then something happens in the mirror kicks down and we see the rest of the room. I love that. So the editing yeah. absolutely deserves the award that it got. Uh, just editing Paul Rogers yeah. and all through it just did amazing work. Um, we got best original screenplay. Uh, and, and it wasn't yeah, like it was that that's deserved. <laughs> Yeah. Original is definitely against... a descriptor for this movie. <laughs> like you've got a Steven Spielberg script for the Fablemans. You've got Martin McDonough's Banish Banshees of Inishirin, uh were up for the award. But the, I mean, it's just insane how good the script was. And then yeah. uh, the Daniels won Best Directing. So their second feature film, they're, they're taking home an Oscar for directing. Um, and yeah. deservedly so because they were amazing. 
but you also like they swept uh pretty much swept the acting they got best best supporting actress for jamie lee curtis and stephanie uh shu was also nominated uh best supporting actor for kihei kwan who again yeah. hadn't acted really in 20 years like he hadn't yeah. had a screen role in 20 a major role in 20 years he had kind of given up and it he obviously he gets started as short round in indiana jones and the temple of doom yeah and he does the goonies which also um first of all if you're not following film joy on youtube uh you should be because mikey newman does amazing and, and everybody at film joy they make amazing content but he does video essays and i watched his video essay on this and one of the things i learned watching it uh which was amazing was um you know who he uh he kwan's um agent was that got him this role the kid that no played idea. chunk in the goonies <laughs> like the and he's still friends with um sean astin and Corey feldman like the the goonies actually stuck yeah. together which is awesome um and then michelle yo wins best actress uh but you know in a leading role again deservedly mm-hmm. so it's just like and and it won best picture it was the best picture winner for last year so like it deserves all of that and it's because of that that yeah. that ending that last yeah. 20 minutes the all at once part 3 where everything gets brought together because up until then like it's a really fun movie the first 2 hours of this movie are super fun they're goofy they're just like a whole lot of huh what is going on yeah. why are they why would that work all of that yeah but then it brings this and and it also has the um like the nihilism to it and all of that kind of stuff and then then the movie just turns and says oh but hey here's a hopeful ending here's a good thing yeah. she does get through evelyn gets through to jobu tabaki right she gets through to joy and they don't have just like the hunky dory oh mom you're great oh daughter you're great it ends on yeah. like no look you know we're, we have troubles Things aren't easy. I'm going to probably say the wrong things, but I would still yeah. much rather be here with you. Like of all the choices I've had. And that's the thing. That's what finally gets through to Joy. Is Joy's like, there's all these options out there. All of this is meaningless. And Evelyn's like, there's all these options out there. And I'd rather be here. This is where I want to be. Yeah. yeah. And that brings it home. Yeah. And I agree that if it if it wasn't for that ending... Oh, the way that it turned it around like that. Yeah, it would have been a completely different. It would have been a, a fun movie to watch, but, you know, otherwise just kind of forgettable. But with that ending where it turns the nihilism around, says, like you just said, it's like, we're going to have trouble. That's family. That's that's what just what we do. Uh, yep. You know, having that hopeful ending at the end of it, because I knew, you know, I knew Evelyn was going to quote unquote win, you know, sure. that that's, that's just par for the course, but the way that it happened, I thought was very, uh, very poignant, very profound. Um, and yeah, that, that ending made the rest of the movie. It just elevated everything else that happened prior. Yeah. a hundred percent. Um, and just the the performances. I mean, everybody in this is top notch. And Michelle Yeoh had said um, yeah. at one point, 
uh, I was reading about um, that this took her out of her comfort zone. She's like, I'm suddenly doing comedy, physical comedy, action, horror, every single genre packed into one and jumping in and out of it. And it was such a gratifying experience. She had waited. She's like, I've waited for a long time to see a script like this because, you know, as you get older, you get, and that's, it's an, a bummer about the film industry in general. And, and it extends yeah. beyond, I mean, it's, it's the film industry, but then it's also film audiences. You see somebody in a movie and you immediately equate them now with that character. And it's really hard to break out of that box if you don't do it early. Right. Like if you're not, yeah, obviously Daniel day Lewis can do that because he's just so picky about the jobs that, that he would take. Um, but if you're yeah. not, you know, if you don't break out of that box early in your career, then you get typecast into, and those are the only offers you will get. And yeah. actors don't always want to do that. Now, you can you can certainly do that, and I have nothing against an actor that does. Is like, look, Jason Statham has made a hell yeah. of a career for himself playing a lot of very similar characters, and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's his comfort zone and that works for him, it's great. But I, you know. You do want to see, and I'm sure actors want to to do something a little a little different every once in a while. And uh, yeah. this was her yeah, chance like to a, do that, and I'm glad because the longer it goes, yeah. the harder it gets. Yeah, like a and one that like one example that I I was kind of surprised how well it's turned out is uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Like, he, oh yeah, he did like his entire childhood up until like what late teens, early twenties, doing one thing, playing one character. And then once he's finally done with that, some of the stuff he's done after that are just like, you would not expect it. Like, uh, oh, uh, Guns Akimbo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've well, seen him in that. You know, it's like, it's completely divergent from what he's done in the, before that. So he had the good fortune to be cast in a movie that, in a series of movies that made so much money. Right. So at a young age, he was able to get financial stability to the point where he could then choose what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. And as an actor, yeah. because even during the filming of the Harry Potter stuff, I remember there, he was in a play. Um, I remember seeing ads for like a play he was in where, with a horse. Um, e Equus, okay. I want to say it's called or something, but it was, it was some weird play, but it's like, Whoa, Harry Potter's getting naked on stage. Cause this is when he was like 18. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, he he doesn't really have a desire to be in like mainstream movies. He yeah. wants to do these weird art pieces and he can do that because he was very, very fortunate to yeah. get cast early on and then take that money and run with it and good on him. Yeah. Like you, you love yeah. to see that because it is a job and you, you hope to see it. It's, it's why you see actors do, certain movies and then they do their smallest, you know, Ryan Reynolds will do uh, these bigger yeah. budget movies and then he can take some of the money from that and help to produce a smaller picture. Uh, you see that a lot. Yeah. Um, and, but it's, you know, and, and I think that it is worse for women in Hollywood too, because they really yeah. get put into like, a box. And yeah. so from like Michelle Yeoh to get to do, something like this and to have so much fun with it and to go in all these different directions like that. Yeah. It's great. I love that. And, yeah. and she's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful in it. Pitch perfect. Her comedic timing is amazing. <laughs> and like, just all of it. It's, Oh, it's just so great. Yeah. I, I, 
I enjoyed this movie so much and it was so much fun to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I did. Yeah. I, I did record. again. That's why I chose this movie is because <laughs> I, I knew it was one that you really enjoyed. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did. I did capture some audio though. And I'm, I'm sure you probably want to hear some of it. Not as much. Yes. Please. Um, as I had planned on some of that was time related. I just didn't have enough time to capture every piece of audio or plus we'd be here for another yeah. hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would just be like this half of the movie. Yeah. But also like some of it is in context and or like just difficult to kind of parse out um, sometimes yeah, and also like, with a lot of other it, audio going on. Bits of it that are in Chinese. So. That's another thing too, is there's a lot of this movie yeah. that is in, uh, you know, subtitled. And because of that, um, it makes it a little tougher for an audio uh, part and an English speaking podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it fits the yeah. movie so well. And I love how they would transition from, uh, I think they were speaking Mandarin. I'm hoping that I'm right on that. But I think they were they were speaking Mandarin, but yeah, they would go from I, I Mandarin to English you. and back. Like, I just really enjoyed yeah. the performance uh, of all of that. Um, and the and it felt like real conversations too. That was the, the great part. Um, yeah. So let's see. So here is... Okay, here's one of Evelyn's mispronunciations of Jobu Tupaki. That's what she's trying to say here. Juju Tubuti. Juju Tubuti. And she's so sincere <laughs> about it too. That's the best part. Yeah. Like Evelyn, Evelyn is great. Uh, Evelyn, uh, she's just... she's great at being the worst at times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes i didn't capture but there's that moment where she tells joy like hold on and she walks over to her and just says you're getting fat and it's yeah. like it's she she wants it to be sort of like her way of of caring about her but it, she goes about it in the wrong way and that's the thing her her heart was always in the right place but she was never good at like delivering the the lines that she wanted to uh yeah, it's and like how, someone having a mosquito right. on the side of their head and you'd just <laughs> smack him in the side of the head with a uh, tennis racket. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's effective, but, you know, yeah. not subtle. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see. This one is called clothes. Uh, I think I remember what this is. Here we go. Your clothes never wear as well the next day. Your hair never falls in quite the same way. All right. So. Do those two lines sound familiar to you when you were watching it? Oh, no. No? Okay. I, I might so, have missed the reference. Uh, that is, those are exact lyrics to a song. Um, hang on. Uh, I will find it. Uh, it was a song called Absolutely, and in brackets, Story of a Girl by uh, Nine Days. And this was a popular okay. song. It was all over the radio. I want to say, when did that get released? 2000. So it was big, early 2000s kind of power pop song. And those are literally two of the lyrics for it. Um, <laughs> your, uh, uh, let me find it. Your clothes, it's the pre-chorus. Your clothes never wear, wear as well the next day and your hair never falls in quite the same way. And then the song goes on, you never seem to run out of things to say. But I, I remember in the theater hearing those, hearing him say that. And I was like, 
oh come on like really we're doing that it was it was <laughs> it was kind of one of those moments but it's so great they just snuck in the the lyrics from that yeah. song in the movie um also real quick there's a, a i was really amused when he said that the the clothes are happier in their uh, yes apartment. oh <laughs> wayman's wayman's googly eyes were awesome yes <laughs> and that was another thing that wayman would do just to be just to be just wayman to be silly yeah it was wayman's thing to put googly eyes on everything and uh and then for that to to for for Evelyn to embrace the weirdness by putting them on her rock in that one universe was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um I did like when we first meet Joy and Becky and then Evelyn opens up the door and just reacts to Becky being there as I only cooked enough food for three people. Now I have to cook more. <laughs> yeah. It's just now I have to cook Good more. to see you too. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, this one, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what half these are, so here we go. His heart cannot take it, especially after such a long flight. You want him to come all the way from China to die like that? He's not going to die. <laughs> like, that is a conversation you know has happened hundreds of times between mom and daughter or father and son or whoever. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. You want him to come all this way just to die like that? Oh. Um... There was a couple times where they'd use matched lines between characters. Um, a character would say something and then another character would say the same thing. And here's two of those. And I liked that because it was right. It, it was that whole idea of the multiverse and each of these realities being just slightly different. And it was a cool yeah. kind of way to show that where, because here's, you know, Evelyn at this point, this is early on. This is when she is sitting in her audit and also getting pulled into the janitor's closet by Waymond. And it, first, it's Jamie Lee Curtis uh, saying, I'm sure you have a lot on your mind, but I cannot imagine anything mattering more than the conversation we are now having concerning your tax liability. So there's that. Again, the, the quintessential IRS agent. Yes, she is 100% government employee. And within like yeah. 30 seconds, Evelyn is back in the janitor's closet with Wayman and Wayman looks at her and just says, I know you have a lot of things on your mind, but nothing could possibly matter more than this conversation we're having right now concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. <laughs> infinite multiverse, tax liability. I love that. Yeah, I think I one of those uh, kind of weighs a little bit more than the other. Uh, a little bit. But also, like, I just love the juxtaposition of that. And, like, both of them, both yeah. Deidre and Waymond, are steadfast in how much they believe what they are saying. Like, that is the thing about Deidre that works is she is the quintessential IRS agent, but she also firmly believes that what she is doing is the most important thing possible. Because that's how you win yeah. three Auditor of the Year awards. <laughs> You don't get a desk yes. full of butt plugs without earning them. All right. <laughs> and that can get taken out of context all day long. That's fine. Uh, yes. This one I have labeled just happy. So we'll see what this is. Do you think this is funny? I don't know why I call it happy. Yeah, that, that, that a word that was included in that sentence. <laughs> Normally, it's the opposite where I'm like, this is called happy. And it's just somebody saying, I'm happy. 
but in this case, it was the opposite <laughs> of that. So, uh, okay. Um, this, this, when this happens in the movie, it just, you can't help but one, be very confused and two, just laugh out loud uh, because the ridiculousness of this. She appears to be in a universe where everyone has hot dogs instead of fingers. Yeah. <laughs> And then on top of that, the best part about that is first she jumps into that universe and we just see her with the, the hot dog fingers. They say that line. We see Deidre walk up to her and it freaks her out. And then we get like 30 seconds of explaining it was a, just a, a weird diversion in the human evolution. And it goes back to like 2001, a space odyssey opening. And it's one of the apes with yeah. hot dog fingers just slapping the crap out of another one with normal hands <laughs> and that's why everyone evolves that way it's the most ridiculous yeah. thing and i loved it <laughs> so much just embrace the um, weird just embrace yes. it look it's those are words i live by is embrace the weird and uh, i'm here for it um this good, because is, otherwise i wouldn't be here <laughs> th this is again early on this is right after the first action sequence where he beats everybody up with the uh, fanny pack. And then he, he's talking to, it's Wayman talking to Evelyn. And uh, it goes like this. I can either come with me and live up to your ultimate potential or lie here and live with the consequences. I want to lie here. <laughs> the timing is so good. And it's exactly yeah. the response that Evelyn would give. I want to lie here and just lies that, down. That's also probably the the response that I would give too. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm pretty sure I've done that before. It's like, okay, so I can either work out and make myself harder to kill, or I can try to take a nap. Uh, we're going nap. Yeah, uh, and and it's just oh, that was such a relatable moment. Nope, nope, just gonna yeah. lie here. Um, yep. Let's see. Here's another one that's just jo Jobu Topaki. Jobu uh, Topaki. Oh, okay. That was Deidre saying it in one of the alternate universes. I think I just liked the name. Just just having this on a soundboard yeah. is great. So I want to keep that. Yeah. But I, I'm, I agree with Evelyn at that one point where she says, you know, it's like, now you're just making up sounds. Oh, oh, I, do you mean this? You're just making up sounds. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I, like, I love that I, I, I use stuff like that all the time where somebody will say a name and it's just like, you're just making that up. You're just making up noises. Yeah. Or one of my favorites is a quote from uh, the show psych where at one point, uh, Sean, the main character is all upset with his dad and his dad's talking to him. And he, without, he's like laying in his bed with his face mashed into his pillow and his dad says something to him. And he, all he says is stop making noises with your mouth. <laughs> and it was just it's the best way to tell somebody to shut up i love it yeah. um <laughs> and the final one because again i already mentioned this is one of my favorite ridiculous moments but uh Rakakuni. Rakakuni. and now i have that <laughs> that can just be a yeah. wonderful exclamation uh, that i can play or i can be playing a game and something weird can happen Rakakuni. so <laughs> Oh, so that's the audio that I captured. There's so oh. much more. There's so much more in the movie. Oh, yeah. um, and I mean, I could go through and make multiple boards worth of sound clips just from the silliness that goes on in here. Uh, it's so great. It's really, it is a worthwhile, like, 
sometimes I know people can think of like an Oscar worthy movie as being dull or being not enjoyable to watch in some ways, or it's yeah. just not their type of movie. I know people are like, I don't like Oscar winning movies. There's just not my type of movie. This could be your type of movie. This is not yeah. what you would, if you told somebody this won the best picture after they saw it, they would probably maybe believe you. But if you just showed them the trailer and said that movie won best picture of the year, and it's got somebody yeah. with hot dog fingers and uh, another person, uh, <laughs> you know, if you told somebody that a movie involving a fight sequences with a fanny pack, um, objects being inserted into places they shouldn't be, uh, hot dog yeah. fingers <laughs> and feet playing a piano won the best picture, they would look at you like crazy. But uh, yeah. it's true. It did happen. It did. And it happened because again, that, just embracing the weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they embraced the weird, and then they brought it back to a very human place by the end of it. And yeah, a very yeah. and it's it's relatable too. It's a type of thing that yeah. that anybody can relate to, regardless of how weird it gets. Yeah. That's just like the that's the surface, but there's there's this, these layers underneath it, and you start to relate to these characters and care about what's going on with them and that's what makes it work and that's why i want to watch and keep an eye on the daniels the these two guys yeah um daniel kwan and daniel Scheinert, and watch what else they do because if their first two movies can be granted i haven't seen swiss army man but i hear nothing but good things about it and if it's half as good as this movie was i'm gonna love it and I'm yeah. really excited to see what they do. Indeed. Well, Sirenix, this has been super, super fun. I'm so glad we got you back on. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have to necessarily talk about uh, John Wick <laughs> to do it. So that's nice. Too. Yeah. yeah. There isn't, there isn't a fifth, a fifth movie yet. Yet. Not so. yet. But, uh, Not yet. Yeah. We're talking about it. Just, yeah, and uh, do this just to prove that yes, I like movies other than John Wick. I know that's that's the the thing that has been on brand lately since my you know. But just also, just for reference, the first movie I talked about was Pulp Fiction, not John Wick. Yeah, so that's true. There is that. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, now you don't just like movies though. You do a podcast about games. Indeed. Yeah, it's a podcast called The Part-Time Gamers. It's the gaming podcast for people with full-time lives, is the tagline I like to say with it. Uh, talk about games, different game each week uh, that you can play to completion or satisfaction within a short amount of time. Because, let's face it, we're all, we all, we're all getting responsibilities that we don't really want to have. But mm-hmm. we're sticking the amount of time we're able to play. And... Uh, you know, sometimes you just want a game that you can get in and out, feel like you've accomplished something. And those are the kind of games we talk about. Uh, yeah, tomorrow we normally record on Sunday nights. Uh, literally, like right as normally as right when this show is ending, uh, we're going to be start starting recording over at uh, twitch.tv slash Sirenex or youtube.com slash at Sirenex. Uh, nice. This Sunday, though, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be doing... Uh, a game night. So unfortunately, Excellent. if you're listening to this as a podcast, it has already happened. Uh, you can prepare for next one. But yeah, we're going to be doing 
community game nights uh, the last Sundays of the month now. So real looking forward Very to that. Very cool. Love that. Love that. And I like the I like the yeah. show too because <laughs> it's I'm like you. You know, I want a game. I want to play games, but sometimes you just need to you need to find is this a game that I could pick up, play, and then walk away from? Or is it a game that I can finish yeah. quickly? And I love focusing on that yeah. because it's easy to focus on the big AAA games and say, oh, you get, you know, 150 hours in this game. Like, I love Baldur's Gate 3. It's a, it's amazing. It's the best game I played in 2023. Yeah. But I don't always have time to devote to something like that. I want something that I can jump in. Yeah. You know, those roguelikes and those games that just oh yeah give you something like that to play. So that's really cool. I love that. And, and yeah. your co-hosts are also great, by the way. Yes. September and Theo. Uh, actually, repping the uh, America's Next Top Podcaster, nice. uh, where all of us were, were uh, competitors. Uh, yeah, I get to work with them. I probably should remember to mention them more often. I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, September and Theo are my co-hosts. We uh, we three-man the show. And uh, yeah, it's a blast talking with them. All th- uh, hopefully, all three of us should be there tomorrow uh, and just having fun playing games. Excellent. Really, really enjoy doing the show, so. Very, very cool. Well, I enjoy you doing that show, and I also enjoy you coming on this show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, I record typically Sunday nights, as you said, 8 p.m., uh, so I'm wrapping up as you're getting started, uh, but we moved to Saturday night. Yep. It's a little easier for you to not have to try and do double duty, even yeah. with community game night. So yeah. and I do appreciate ever... that. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, so you can always and, – and if – uh, the show is recorded on a different night. The live stream is still happening. So just keep an eye on all of the social medias, which you can find me on all of them as TV's Travis, uh, or go to tvstravis.com, join the discord and you'll always get the live, um, the go lives there as well as just chatting and all that kind of stuff. Um, tvstravis.com also has links to merchandise and the Patreon for this show, um, which is patreon.com slash W Y H S. You can support the show financially for as little as a dollar an episode, or you can support the show by just listening. Um, you can support the show by telling other people about it and your friends, uh, whatever. Um, I appreciate all of it. It's super, super great. Uh, everybody that listens next week, I have um, the hosts of the everything I learned from movies podcast, and they're getting me to finally watch a movie that I should have seen a long time ago. But I haven't. It's a little movie starring Sylvester Stallone called Cobra. I'm going to see Cobra for the first time next week uh, and talk about it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait for that. Nice. Um, Because I love me some 80s cheese. And Cobra is 80s canon film starring Sylvester Stallone. I'm all in it on that so that'll be next week uh the show does come out as a podcast on wednesdays too so anywhere you get your podcasts or like i said tvstravis.com so other than part-time gamers where can people find you Cyrenex. uh usually look for Cyrenex on the socials i'm on twitter i'm still going to call it twitter because that's what it is uh <laughs> yeah uh you can also if you use the link bit.ly slash ci productions that's my website it also has a link to my my socials the that's uh, where i host the podcast and everything so that's pretty much the the central location to find pretty much all my stuff excellent yeah that's a good way to do it that's why i set up tvstravis.com and i put all my social links in there and i put the podcasts in there and it's just an easy it's easy to tell people just go here and then find 
based on the platform you want because there's so many platforms now yeah to find things on yeah. but if you but do go there time, if i do join... something like this i sorry <laughs> next no, time ahead. if i do this i would try to pick a a, a better uh better name because the the full name is caffeine induced productions.com uh i still have trouble spelling caffeine uh <laughs> even though i consume way too much of it and have been trying to spell it for the last like three years uh so that's why i went with the the bit.ly link that's a lot easier oh, yeah. That's anyway. <laughs> super helpful. No, that's a, that's a good way to go about it. But it is nice to be able to just like send people to one spot. Um, but do, yeah. if you go there, join the Discord. Uh, the Discord's yeah. fun and I want to get that, uh, I want to help cultivate that because I love the community aspect of Discord and the the smallness yeah. of it. It's a social network, but it's a social network you can have your little pockets in. So go to tvstravis.com, find the Discord link, join up, come hang out, talk with some like-minded people. We talk about all sorts of stuff in there. There's been a lot of talk lately about Highlander because there was yeah. more news uh, given about the Highlander um, reboot coming yeah. uh, as well as uh, yeah, your, your boy is going on a Highlander retreat this summer. So that's <laughs> going to be something fun. Nice. Um, I am. Uh, I'm going to go to Scotland and visit some locations that were used uh, in the movie and the TV show. So that'll be a lot of fun, but, that's yeah. a story for another time. So until next week and me finally watching Cobra. Sirenix, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and, and just remember to enjoy your movies and let's be excellent to each other. This has been what you haven't seen. He's trying to stick it in his butt. Perfect ending. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>